Hello, and welcome to Late Bloomer, a uh, meditation on all things that go in the ground. True to the title of this cast, March 20th has very much come and gone. We've made it to spring. It's summer, even. I acknowledged it in my own way, letting a breeze run through the apartment, listening to birds. I got out some good paper and went to work, pencils and sharpies, drawing out the shape of our balcony, planning where to put all of the many plants we hope for. The act of tracing, writing in little boxes and arguing over types of heirloom tomatoes was invigorating, speaking to the promise that these brighter seasons give us. Daring to imagine a lush, green summer, sitting outside watching the bees discover our little utopia. With each marking, I allowed myself to consider the reality of growth. The next day is when the work began in earnest, buying soil, finding containers. I took the tiny chest I keep on a shelf down, blew off the dust. Within this chest is where I keep my seeds, some store-bought, some I've saved from past harvests. I had a garden in the ground last year, dug up rocks and forced some herbs and vegetables to grow. We planted wildflowers throughout the rest of the lawn, and I was disappointed when nothing came. Until they did. They always do. This spring... I imagine they have bloomed again. My abandoned garden, too, may be reawakening after the winter, perhaps having seeded itself in the fall. Plants are resilient like that. Either way, the mint will be going crazy. If nothing else, I can assure you that the mint will be more than okay. I have always admired its tenacity, the pure willpower of survival, it and other so-called aggressive plants possess. Living above ground now presents new problems and new opportunities. I hope to have hanging baskets, a trellis on one side to grow something that climbs. Beans, perhaps. Tomatoes do well as climbers and in baskets. I have always loved growing tomatoes. Their scent, their leaves, the care that goes into nurturing and harvesting the perfect tomato. What I love most, I think, is the initial ritual that goes into reawakening your saved seeds. For tomato seeds, one method of starting them is to let them soak overnight before putting them into dirt. Any that are no good will float to the top, whilst the ones ready to be sown shall sink. After filling shot glasses and yogurt cups with water and unsticking past seeds from newspaper, I let them soak and put them aside. There are other plants to start. Forget-me-nots, chamomile, squash. It seems almost too simple, putting them into the ground, adding water and waiting. How does life form from this? It will. Or it won't. But the act of waiting, trusting the seed, is an excellent exercise in faith. Faith is linked to survival, 
for humans at least. Not even in a religious sense, just faith in something. For me, it is that a seed may turn into a sprout. If it doesn't, it is faith in the value of the process of caring for something. Tending for a garden, you have to expect something to go wrong. It's a constant act to have a garden. The watering, the weeding, the deadheading. You have to find love for the ritual of problem-solving, and love the faith that there are tangible ways to solve it. Every year brings something. Pests, blight. Your crops might wither and die at any point. Last year I got no tomatoes from my plant. Because of this, you start viewing the act of caring for something as the harvest or reward. Digging your hands in earth. Clearing the rubble. Putting it to bed for the winter. It's incredibly satisfying in a way that goes beyond words, especially when things get in your way. Blooms and fruit are ultimately a bonus. A, a fantastic one, to be sure. One I strive for, have faith in. Can you have faith in something, though, if you prepare yourself for the worst? I always find it funny that's something to do as a de-stressor, just because, as any gardener can tell you, it can be incredibly stressful. It's really just like a constant fight against a god that hates you. Not like a capital G god, if that's what you believe in, but like a small angry garden spirit that happens to live on your street and laughs at your hubris for trying to grow some cilantro. I try to appease the spirit sometimes. It's kind of silly, but I'll leave little offerings. Still, you get really tested patience-wise. There's bugs. I mean, even indoors, there's bugs. There's fungus. There's squirrels. Squirrels are now the reason that my neighbors think I'm insane, as there were many times this summer when I ran out the door, screaming, stomping, and chasing them away. Trust me, you wouldn't blame me if you saw what they did to my garden. But right now it's just my indoor plants. I'm nervous because I gave them a real big drink before I left so that they'll be okay for a few days on their own. But... I don't know. I worry. <laughs> I worry a lot about most things. But like I was saying, gardening can be really stressful. And, like maybe with some of the coping mechanisms I'm going to hope to go through, it doesn't fill you with calm right away. It's therapeutic in the sense that it teaches you to have to acknowledge a problem, face it, do your best to mend said problem,
and simply hope for the best. And if it doesn't work, then finding something else, having a plant funeral and getting a new seedling from the grocery store. Maybe consider stop buying seedlings at the grocery store because maybe that's the reason they keep dying. Try a bougie plant store. That one will die too, but you paid more. Anyway, I'm not really selling the gardening thing right now. But once you get used to it, I can't even explain how satisfying it is to just work soil with your hands, even if it's just repotting a flower inside and seeing them grow. It can be difficult with mental health because when you suffer, your plants are going to suffer. It's hard to take care of them if you can't even take care of yourself. And then, of course, seeing your plants in distress always makes me very distressed, so it's a bit of a vicious cycle. But they can also be a way to pull you out of your rut. It's something that depends on you. Several months ago, a larger challenge in faith presented itself to my garden planned for my balcony. On a curb, to my surprise and delight, was an old but mint condition garden kit. From the Chia brand, except this one was for growing herbs, not strange-haired figures. The plastic surrounding it was incredibly dusty, but the insides seemed fine. We started these along with the other seeds, separating, sprinkling, and my favorite part, tucking them in by spreading soil over top and gently pressing. It is this act that feels the most loving to me, apart from deadheading or moving them to a bigger pot. This kit is ancient. Most seeds don't last after three or so years, and my roommates agree this looks like it was made in the 80s. I wonder why someone held on to it for so long, never touching it, and then one day decided it was taking up space. Their journey with these seeds was also an act of faith, patience, and quiet acceptance. And for that, I cannot judge. All this is to say, the odds of these seeds growing is practically zero. But because there is a chance, I might as well try. If nothing comes, I haven't lost any time because I find comfort in the meditative act of planting. And because sometimes, like with my wildflowers, seeds surprise you. It doesn't always happen, but when it does, it feels like you're watching the physical manifestation of your capacity for love. It's a token of your care that grows and responds actively to it. Little seedlings, reaching towards the sun, make my heart feel as though it was going to burst out of my chest and grow leaves itself. Spring is my favorite season, because it makes my whole body feel as though it is blooming. Despite the rain and the last bits of winter fighting to stay, spring is a promise. And promises sustain me. A promise is enough. It's the reason why faith is a good thing, not 
in a religious sense, just faith. Period. This is why I also did not throw out the tomato seeds that, the next morning, have floated to the top, announcing they are not going to sprout. It felt unfair in a way I'm sure a therapist could tell you stems from something or other. Instead, I decided to throw them all into one pot, sprinkle soil, saturate with water, because I wanted to give them a fighting chance. Just in case. Just in case there are any in there with a strong enough will to grow, in spite of the odds. Plants, above all, are better about that than any other species I have witnessed. But while we're back on a tomato vein of topic, let's return to the seeds we have soaked overnight. As I said before, this is my favorite part of the entire ritual that is gardening. I take a wooden toothpick next. The wood grain naturally has enough texture for the seeds to grab onto. I poke a hole into the dirt with a pencil or a finger, drop one in, cover, water, and repeat. It's such a careful operation and holds the beauty of an egg, specifically the feeling of holding an egg in your palm. You know how it perfectly fits. It makes everything kind of slow down. I once read a poem talking about how God is an egg, and that has always stuck with me. Especially when this feeling occurs during a seed soaking. What I love more than anything is picking them up one by one with a toothpick, because you can behold something beautiful. By holding up the seeds to the light, all the water makes them squishy and see-through in an eerily embryotic way. And if you squint, you'll notice a tiny spiral at the center of the seed. This is the plant itself, waiting for the perfect conditions. This spiral holds potential for growth, for warmer days, for blooms, birds, bees, and of course, fruit to feed us and perpetuate the cycle. Soon, with patience, with nurturing, with faith, this spiral will slowly unfurl, split through its own casing and push, ever optimistic, to reach for the sun. Thank you all so much for joining me uh, while I go off about seeds to you. Hopefully there will be another episode of Late Bloomer. With a little faith, there will be. But if not, I enjoyed talking about it. To you. To myself. And I hope you enjoyed it, too. And that you get your hands in some dirt real soon. Thanks again, everyone. And as always, or hopefully as always,
grow where you are planted.